You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are in week two of our series, uh, Rainbows and Butterflies. This series, uh, we're, we're doing, uh, next week is actually the, the end of it, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're looking at how to stand firm in your faith when life is more than just rainbows and butterflies. Have you guys ever heard that phrase, rainbows and butterflies? And it's this idea that, uh, that life is perfect and grand and, and lovely. But how many guys know sometimes poop hits the fan? And uh, when it does, um, it is well. Come on. Woo, he's preaching at me right now. If this is your first time here, uh, we're glad that you're hanging out. My name's John. I get this amazing privilege to pastor this community of people, man, who are not perfect, but we're trying to figure it out. Amen. And uh, so we're glad that you're hanging out with us. And um, we are, again, we're in this series, Rainbows and Butterflies. And um, again, this, this idea of we want to prepare, I want to prepare you uh, to understand the fact that, that your walk, if you're here and you're a believer, that, that sometimes it's not just rainbows and butterflies. It's not just kumbaya. It's not just let's go in a corner, huddle up, pray until Jesus comes back. But you got to know that you're in a fight. And if you don't understand that you're in a fight, then when an attack comes after you, towards you, when something happens, you're like, what is going on? This Christian thing doesn't work, and you walk away from it. And so uh, this, this morning, uh, I mean, Jesus actually even said it, John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Come on. But I love this. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so uh, this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, we are looking at a letter uh, written by this man named Paul. Now, I love Paul, the Apostle Paul, because Paul, he, he's that guy that, you, that, that you, uh, you run into later down in life. And, and he's, the, he's the guy that's like, hey, I'm a Christian. And you're like, what? <laughs> like you, you know, like that guy. Like this is that guy. Paul has a history. He has a past. Um, but God still uses him. And, and I love that because that means that there's hope for me. That, that if I have a past, which I do, and, and if I have things that I'm dealing with, that I'm so grateful that, that there is a God that will look past my past and see me through what Jesus has done for me on the cross. And, and uh, y'all are going to have to preach better to me than that. We're, we're, we're going to have church this morning. Um, but, but Paul, he, 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 he's the author, and he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, and what we're about to read, it's very interesting because most scholars believe that while Paul is writing this letter of Ephesians, he's actually locked up. He's in the penitentiary. <laughs> he's in prison. He's in like the Roman, <laughs> he, he, he's in the Roman uh, prison, and, um, and so, so he's going through it, and yet he has this uh, grace to write what we're about to read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 through 18. And I'll go ahead and read it. It says this, a final word, be strong. Now remember, he's in prison writing this and he's saying, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, now, now watch this. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world. So you thought your boss was the bad guy. 
You're fighting something way greater, way different. You thought your spouse had the issue. You're fighting against something different. And he's trying to prepare us. He wants us to understand this. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For those shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery, the fiery, 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 fiery. What is that, that, what is that audio clip that's, is it YOLO or YOLO or what is it? Laurel or, I feel like this is what's going on here, guys. Right now, it's depending on your age is what you're hearing. Um, focus, John, Peter. Verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject head to toe. And we're going to go for it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for already what you're doing, God. Father, I think in a topic like this, it's very easy for us to become distracted, God. And, and so right now, God, I, I pray that whatever we came in here with, whatever baggage, whatever chaos, whatever um, hecticness that we, that we came in today, God, would you just grant us at least 30 minutes to be able to focus on what you want us to hear. God, because we want to be able to stand firm. We want to be able to stand firm when, when life comes at us, God. When the rainbows disappears and the butterflies fly away, God. We want to be able to stand firm. We love you so much. God, would you help us to leave different when we, than how we came in? God, not different for our own benefit, but... We want to leave different so we can change the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, stereotypes. Stereotypes. When I, uh, I went to Dallas, college in Dallas, Texas, and um, I, I had this stereotype in my head that every person in Dallas, Texas rode a horse in a cowboy hat. No joke. That's what I thought. I was ignorant. And, um, and so I, I get to, I get to uh, college, and lo and behold, Dallas looks like Oakland, but like a million times better. Like Dallas, it's like a city. I never once, my four years there, saw a cowboy. Never once while I was there uh, saw a horse. <laughs> um, and so, but, but, but what's funny is that when you go off to college and and you, um, and you meet new people, you can be whoever you want to be, and they don't know. <laughs> That's another message. But, um, but I, I remember when I, went to, when I went to school and I started meeting people, um, the, the first thing that people ask is, hey, where are you from? And so we, I met friends from like Illinois and um, just everywhere, all around, and 
And whenever people ask me, where am I from? I, I told them California. And I promise you, it never failed. They always ask me this, do you surf? And I was like, totally, dude. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> but, but I mean, so luckily I had surfed like a couple times, maybe like once. So, so whenever someone was like, hey, do, do you surf? I'm like, yeah, of course I surf. Like, I'm from the Golden State, right? Fast forward. Five, four years, five years, um, some of the friends that I, that I met, they're just lifelong friends. And uh, this is about the time my wife and I were about to get married and so, like, three of them came out to, uh, to be part of my wedding. And when they got here, they said, hey, Peter, they called me Peter. They said, hey, Peter, since you surf, can, we, can you take us surfing? We've never been surfing. I'm like, sure, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go. Luckily, my dad's a surf head, and he loves surfing. Um, so uh, I told my dad, like, slip him a 20. Hey, Pops, don't tell him. Like, I've only been once. And... And so, anyways, he, he gets us, uh, so we all get in, in his truck, and we, we drive down to Bolinas, and, um, and here we are, we're, we're hanging out, and um, we, we get the, how many of you guys surf? Don't lie. Okay, one person. Okay, awesome. Then I can lie. <laughs> no, I won't lie. But, but, but like you, like, over here, the water is like ice cold. Like ice cold, so you, we have to wear wetsuits, and and so like we had our wetsuits on, and and we had our longboards because longboards are easier to stand up on, and um, at least in, in this water over here, and so and so here we are, we're we're we're, we're all just like hanging out in our wetsuits with our longboards and taking pictures, right, and um, and then my dad is like, hey, I want to give you some principles on how to how to be able to stand up on the board, and and so. They're like, yes, we need that. And so they go off, and, and they're like, hey, Peter, you're going to get some? And I'm like, no. Like, I don't need any lessons. <laughs> like, I got this, right? Like, this is already, I'm setting this up for a major disappointment. And, and so here, here they are. So my dad's spending a good 25, 30 minutes just giving the basic principles of how you stand up on the board. We finally get out to the, to the water, and... Um, I don't like surfing. It's just like, I don't like, I don't like the water. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like having to take a shower afterwards. I don't like not being able to see in the water. I don't like, I don't, I don't like anything about surfing. I don't like having to paddle out because like you paddle out and the waves come and they push you back and you're like, in the name of Jesus. You're like, <laughs> if I wasn't a Christian, I'd cuss you out, wave. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, um, and so anyways, focus. So, so here I am. I'm, we're, we're all in the water. We're about to go out. We're about to, we're about to just do this, right? And so all four of us, we're paddling out there. And, and then there's, there's this part where you just sit on the board and you just wait. You wait for the right, white, right wave and, until it comes out. And, and so, so uh, we're, we're waiting. The waves are passing. Like the, There's kind of this intimidation factor because you took so long to paddle out. You want to make sure you get the right one. Because if it's wrong, you got to paddle all the way back out. And, and so here we are. We're, and then all of a sudden, man, like no joke, my buddy on his first try, he catches this wave. He's like, this is mine. And, and, and so he's going out there. And he's, That's water sound. Was that good? <laughs> I don't know what kind of water that is. But um, he's, he's paddling out. And then all of a sudden, 
he stands up on the board, right? And he's like riding this wave. And I'm like, fall, fall, fall. <laughs> he makes it all the way to shore. Uh, yeah, good, no. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine, I can do this. My wave comes up. I get up, and I'm like, yeah, and then the wave just knocks me down. And they're like laughing at me. Guys, I'm feeling vulnerable in this moment, insecure in this moment. I try again, and I can't get it. Like, I tried at least three times before I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to go sit, sit down on the sand and watch you guys have fun and wish you never were invited to my wedding. <laughs> but I say all that to say it's very interesting in that this is really the heart of what Paul was writing in this letter of Ephesians, especially in chapter 6. Because he's like, hey, I want to give you some principles on how you can stand up on the proverbial surfboard and ride it all the way to shore, even when the waves come at your feet. Even when it seems like you're about to fall, Paul is saying, I want to give you some principles on how to stand firm. See, I, I feel like it's very easy as a believer to try and stand firm and then when something happens to take us out and to be like me, never want to get back on the board, but take my board and go sit on the beach and wait for another time. Because let's be honest, that's the easiest way to do it. But I'm so encouraged in what Paul is saying because he's letting me know, he's encouraging me that it is possible to stand firm. Like, you, you can do it. Come on, touch your neighbor, tell him, you can do it. Turn to your second choice, tell him, you can do it. And so what we've been doing, the First week is is we're going through each one of these pieces of armor, these objects that Paul lists, and and he he partners them with a principle. And so we're taking these principles and and we're trying to look at how how this armor that Paul is is giving us, how, how it works, like what is it really? And so week one, we looked at the belt of truth and this idea that Jesus, everything revolves around Jesus. That if you place Jesus at the center, even if you go through things, you'll be able to make it out. We also looked at week one, not just the belt of truth, but the uh, body armor of righteousness. This idea that you and I were made right, not because of what we could ever do, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And, and so this, this body armor of righteousness, really what it does, it, it helps us to understand this dependency on Jesus. And so that when you're going through the good times, 
in the bad times that you are very able to say that, God, you, you are, I, I'm, de- I'm depending on you. In the good times, God, I'm depending on you. In the bad times, God, I'm depending on you. And so, so Paul, he talks about the, the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness. And this morning, we're going to look at three, and then we're done. Three more um, pieces of, of um, armor, and then the principle that he partners with it. And so the first one that Paul, um, the Paul mentions, or the, excuse me, the third one, is the shoes of the gospel of peace. So if you're taking notes, shoes of the gospel of peace. Shoes of the gospel of peace. Is there, like, is there like nothing worse in life than wearing the wrong shoes for the wrong occasion? My little girl, my wife, she's not in here, so don't tell her. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. My wife, from the very beginning, she's always bought my little girl, my, my little girl's five, almost five, like cute shoes, right? Pretty shoes, not practical shoes. And so she would buy my little girl like boots or glossy sandals or glittery sandals. I guess they could be glossy too. I don't know. Um, and just like, like these non-practical shoes for a little girl to go to the park, right? Like she's running around in her little, her little sandals and bark gets in there. And so that's exactly what happened. We, we went to the park and she was running around and um, she's wearing sandals to the park. And she started getting bark in, in her, in between the, her feet and, and, the, and she just kept saying, Daddy, I got bark in my shoe. And so I'm like, okay. She'd run. Five minutes later, Daddy, I got bark in my, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was annoying. And, but, but I say all that to say that, that there is, the proper footwear is important. The proper footwear is important. And Paul knew that when he wrote this. And so, a little bit about the Roman shoe, like it started like this, and it's a little history lesson. Uh, it started with what they called the greave, okay? And it started below the kneecap, and it was this piece of metal that would go down to their shin near their ankle part, and it's a piece of metal that wraps completely around their calf and their shin. Now, it's a very necessary piece, but it's very uncomfortable, Okay, and so they have the grieve, and, and that goes down, and then it gets down to their, their sandal. And on their sandal, it was uh, wood and, 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 um, and, and like cowhide that it, with, with straps and laces, and they would lace it up. And on the bottom of the shoe were like little spikes, kind of like think cleats. So that way, <clears throat> when, when they were being attacked or when they were climbing a mountain, they had footing, but also when they were being attacked, they can plant their feet and, and, not, and not be moved, not be swayed. And, and I was thinking about that, how, how the shoes of the Roman guards, the Roman soldiers, how they were uncomfortable and yet extremely necessary. And I was thinking about that because it's amazing how Paul partnered the object of shoes, Roman shoes, with this principle of the gospel of peace. Because if you think about it, the gospel is both uncomfortable, but yet extremely necessary. See, the gospel is uncomfortable because the gospel is pointless to you and me if we first don't acknowledge the fact that we're sinners in need of what Jesus has given to us. 
And so the gospel's a bit uncomfortable when I know I have to go to God and be like, God, I'm a, I'm a sinner. God, I'm messed up. God, I, I, I still have things in my life that I'm working on. God, like, I still have these addictions in my life. God, help me. Like, it's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because the gospel shines light on things in our life that we wish would stay hidden. And the gospel, man, like, it's so uncomfortable. And yet, though it's so uncomfortable, it's extremely necessary. Extremely necessary. You see, because the gospel brings peace. The gospel brings peace. And that's because the gospel is Jesus. The gospel is the death and resurrection of, of Jesus. Like, it's Je- the gospel is Jesus. And he brings peace. Check this out. John 14, 27. This is for someone in here this morning. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love that. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Jesus said, peace I leave you. My peace I'm going to give to you. And because of that, you don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. Because I'm your peace. And I love the fact that Paul partners peace with shoes. Because when your feet are grounded in peace... You can move forward with confidence. See, because when your feet are grounded with the opposite of peace, anxiety, fear. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm anxious, whenever I'm nervous, whenever I don't have peace, you know how I walk? I'm like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my. And if we're trying to get through this. You need peace to ground you to go. See, some of you guys, like myself included at some times, like we're, we're still going through what we're going through because we're grounded in anxiety rather than peace. And so what you were hoping to get through really quick because you're like, ah, because I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm taking longer to get to where God wants to get me because I'm not grounded in peace. Paul said, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Listen, Jesus wants to be your peace this morning. Whatever you're going through, Jesus wants to be your peace. He wants you to be grounded in him. Because he wants you to move from where you're at to where he wants you to be. So that's the first one, shoes of the gospel of peace. Here's here's the fourth one on your On your notes, the shield of faith. Shield of faith. 
He writes, Paul writes this, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fury, fury again, fiery, fury, fury, fiery, fiery. <laughs> that was awkward. That was weird. Why did you do that, John? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, the fourth item that Paul introduces to us is a shield, and he partners the shield with faith. Now, these shields that these Roman soldiers would use, um, before I did this series in this week, like I thought the shields were like these little small circle shields that you would just, you know what I'm talking about? Like those little, the ones that you get in those plastic cases for the kids when, when, right? Like, that's what I thought it was. But as I'm doing more research, um, the shields that Paul is referring to are these shields that are almost the height of the soldier. And they were like almost three feet wide. Like these were giant shields. And what's amazing is that these shields were so big and so large that Excuse me, that, that when, when the, the soldiers were advancing and, and the arrows were coming and the attack was coming, these soldiers were able to hide behind their shield and protect themselves. And they would be able to advance. And... But here's the deal. There were some times when the attack was so heavy and the attack was so hard that, that they couldn't even, that they just had to stand behind it, keep walking, and believe that they were walking in the right direction. That's faith. That is faith. What is it? Hebrews 11, I believe. Let me, let me fact check that. Hold on. I don't want to get an angry email. He doesn't know his Bible verses. What kind of pastor is he? <laughs> Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things we hope for. The evidence of things that we have not yet seen. See, Paul, he, he's saying the, the shield of faith. And he's referring to our faith in Jesus. When, when, when we place our faith in Jesus. And I love that, that verse in Hebrews where it's like uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Like really almost, faith is almost and I know this is not entirely accurate, but faith is almost blind trust. like, hey, you need to be like those soldiers who just stood behind their shield and believed in faith that they're in advance, that they are advancing. That they might not be able to see where they're going, but they're believing in faith that this is the, the direction that I'm supposed to be going. God, I can't see, but I trust you. God, I hear chaos all around me, but I trust you. Saying, 
here is his shield and here is his faith I love this story we see this example in Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego for those of you that are unfamiliar with that story it's three young men who lived in Babylon and the king built this ginormous image and uh, the king said hey when the music plays bow down music played everyone bowed down but these three guys king caught word and he's like wow this is crazy so let's bring the kids and so the three Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego three boys they were summoned to the king king was like what's up guys like maybe you didn't hear me maybe let me give you another chance and, and here's what they say Dan, Daniel chapter 3 <coughs> verse 17 when they're approached he, he's, they say this if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Guys, that's faith right there. They have no idea. They have no idea that God was going to rescue them from the fiery pit, but they said that God is going, they had faith. They had faith. Fast forward in that story, he's, these three young men, they were thrown in the furnace and, and miraculously, miraculously, man, like they weren't burnt. They were, they, the faith, it was their faith. Now I'm thinking about this, this type of faith that Paul's talking about, this type of faith that Shadrach and Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego show and, um, and when I look at their faith and I look at my faith, can I be honest with you? Like, I don't know if I could stand there and be like, God, don't save me, right? Like, like I, I would like to think that. But here's what I do know, that that type of faith is something that you work up to, that you build up to, that you stretch. See, watch this. The, the shield that these Roman soldiers had, it was, a, it was a piece of wood, but then they would get cowhide and, and, and they would, they would um, weave it, maybe it was a weave, weave it so, so tight, like six layers. They would do six, so it's like really thick. And that was their shield. And, but, but here's what's interesting about that is that that leather, that, that cowhide, if it wasn't properly treated, it would get, begin to harden and crack. So that when an arrow would come, it would it'd be able to pierce the shield because, because the soldier didn't take the time to oil down their shield. Can I say this to you this morning? that the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not built overnight, but it was built over days and months, perhaps years of oiling it down and perfecting it and strengthening it. Listen, your faith in Jesus, if you just leave it as that and you go in a corner and just wait till Jesus comes back, your faith will crack. Your faith needs constant attention. You know the best ways to do that? Community. You need people in your life to be like, hey man, 
Your shield's looking a little dry. You looking assy. Ha! Y'all don't know about ass, huh? Every Sunday morning, holes in the jeans, put some lotion up. Y'all don't know about ass. <laughs> Focus, my goodness. I don't know what I'm saying, but. Come on, community. You need people in your life. You need people in your life to tell you. You know another way that I think that your shield can be strengthened is by actually going through hard times. And I know that's like the worst thing, like that's not even encouraging. But it's true, and, and I want to encourage you in that if you're going through something right now, and you have a, the faith to, to, to get you through this, man, I believe that whatever you're going through, God can use it. He can use it to strengthen that shield, to strengthen your faith. Come on, he wants us to have strong faith. Are you guys with me this morning? I got one more. We're almost done. We're going to make that Applebee rush. Come on. We will beat the Baptists to Applebee's this morning. <laughs> Here's number three. Helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Paul writes, put on salvation as your helmet. I remember when I was in Bible school, excuse me, my seminary professor said that majority of the battles that you will go through, they start right here. The lies, the insecurities, the battles that we all face, they start right here. But here's, here's the thing with, with the battles in our mind is that for, for some of us, we, we uh, the reason why our, we have so many, like, we have such a hard time is because so many people, like, growing up maybe just spoke super negative to your life. Maybe they spoke just super just like, you won't amount to anything, whatever it is. And, 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 and this idea that, that it, it comes externally, right? Like, people, they can just be so mean. But if we're not careful, those things that started external, they can grow legs and become internal. And they begin to mess with our mind and with our thoughts. And what I love what Paul does is he takes, he takes this, the, the object of the helmet and he partners it with salvation. He partners it with, with salvation. Now, salvation, I wrote down a definition, is the deliverance from the punishment of sin through repentance and faith. Doesn't that sound so prosper or so proper? I wish I had an English accent. I would read that right there. But, but salvation, this idea that you and I are, are being saved through what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. And the moment that we repent, 
And the moment that we place our faith in Jesus is the moment that transformation begins to happen in our minds. Romans 12, 2, Paul also writes this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Sometimes he says that we, you and I, we're to put on the mind of Christ. See, and so Paul takes like this helmet and, and, and these, these soldiers, they would put on this helmet and it would protect them from like things that people would like, like arrows or the, those little things that they, balls with the spikes and I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and it would protect them. For, it would protect their head. And he takes this idea of, of helmet and he partners it with the principle of salvation. And he's like, hey, put on the mind of Christ. And basically it's this, whenever the enemy comes and tries to, to speak lies into your mind, into your head, saying you're not worth it, no one loves you, stop going to church, everyone's judging you, come on. When, when, when the enemy starts, starts, starts lying to you, man, you're such a mess up. You're a horrible dad, you're a horrible mom, you're a horrible husband, you're a horrible wife. You'll never be able to mount to anything. We put on the mind of Christ. And what that does is it changes the way that we think. Because we no longer are going, basing our, our thought process after what the enemy says, what people say, but what Jesus has spoken over our lives through salvation. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are his masterpiece. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And it's a deflection. We put on the mind of Christ that comes through salvation. Paul, he's, he's, he's trying to help us. He's trying to help us so that when hard times come, that we could stand firm. How many of y'all want to stand firm when attacks come? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.